You're listening to the Party in My Plants podcast, and here's an episode you cannot pass go into 2020 or collect $200 until you hear. And if you want to do less and have more this next year, this chat is better than owning hotels on Boardwalk and Park Place. Welcome to the Party in My Plants podcast, where I make healthy living as fun as a party so you'll, you know, actually want to do it and then actually feel, look, and live your best. I'm your host, Talia Pollock. Now let's get this party started. You know what socks? Not wearing compression socks. Yeah, absolutely. I used to think compression socks were those knee-high stockings my grandma wore with her flat tan Velcro strap sneakers. But that was before I learned about Comrade's incredibly fun-looking compression socks. Not to judge them too hard, but the peeps at Comrade legit spent two years developing these adorable, non-ugly, knee-high socks that provide all-day comfort and deliver certified health benefits. I'm sure you've heard that wearing compression socks on airplanes helps keep your blood circulating to combat jet lag, fatigue, and even reduce serious health risks like blood clots. But did you know that wearing compression socks makes walking Tommy or your pup cooking in the kitchen, hopefully recipes from partyinmyplants.com or from my upcoming book, Party in Your Plants, out in April 2020, or sitting doing endless emails all much more comfortable experiences. Comrade socks are proven by myself also, as well as studies, to energize our legs, reduce swelling, and increase circulation, all things that truly have been lessening the frequency that I have to go get cheap foot massages for my incredibly consistently sore feet. Do I feel kind of dorky promoting compression socks? Yes. Do I swear that you can trust me that these socks are worth me feeling dorky right now? Also, yes. And do I have a special offer for how you can get Comrade's rad compression socks for 20% less than non-party in my plants podcast listening humans? Hell yes. Go to comradesocks.com slash party to see how fun their socks really are and then to try ordering one pair or a little bundle for 20% off. That's comradesocks.com, C-O-M-R-A-D, socks.com slash party and use discount code party at checkout and then have a party in your incredibly comfortable and nourished feet. My guest today is a powerhouse of a woman who wants to see other women succeed without burning out in the process. The marvelous Kate Northrup is an entrepreneur, a speaker, a mother, and the best-selling author of true, profoundly helpful books, Money, A Love Story, which has been published in five languages, ooh la la, and Do Less, A Revolutionary Approach to Time and Energy Management for Busy Moms, which in my opinion include dog or plant moms. I am obsessed with Kate's data-driven and soul-driven time and energy management practices that result in saving time, making more money, and experiencing less stress and thus mega improved wellness. We talked a lot about syncing your sketch to your menstrual sketch or the moon sketch, honoring your energy, and lying on the floor. I loved every second of this chat, and I'm pretty positive this will be my mantra for the new year. Yes, the whole damn chat is my new mantra for the new year.
Kate, thank you so much for coming on the Party in My Plants podcast. Thanks for having me. You are a legend in (laughs) the world of female empowerment and females taking control of their resources and their time. And when I told some friends you were coming on, they lost their minds. So (laughs) very grateful to have you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm happy to be here. Well, I know that your mom, I'm sure, played a pivotal role in you, you know, finding your purpose. But I'm curious how you've landed in a place where what you really love to do right now is help women do well without burning out. Like, where did burnout become something that you were so lit up about? Hmm. That is such a great question. I mean, I think that it came from my own experience. Basically, what happened is I got pregnant. I was bone tired. And I couldn't work even close to the amount that I ever had before. But just like also all of the mental chatter I didn't have energy for either, like all the ideas and all the like, let's do this and let's do that. And maybe this is just like really quieted um, because it had to. And then after my birth experience, which was really traumatic, I um, and then we had a sick baby, like the whole year was just so hard she had severe eczema and would like wake up screaming every 10 minutes, making herself bleed. And, you know, I was changing her crib sheets all the time because they were bloody. And it was just not at all what I thought the first year of parenthood was going to be. It's not what it looks like on Instagram. Uh, No, not (laughs) at all. It was not Instagram worthy. Um, And we did, we had 10 hours of childcare a week in that first year three months I took maternity leave and we didn't have any, any help. And then, and then 10 hours a week. And, um, and you and your husband work together. You have your own my company. Husband and I yeah. work together. Yeah. Yeah. We run our business together. So we sat down with our accountant a year later and realized that despite having worked less than half the amount we'd ever worked before, we had made the same amount of revenue. That's incredible. And so while I would never go back and repeat that year, cause it was awful. I thought, well, what if I did that on purpose (laughs) instead of because of being forced to by life circumstances? Mm -hmm. And also I'm not that different than other people. So certainly if I can work less and make as much or more money, other people could too. And so that's really where the whole idea came from. And I just began to study and learn and, and talk to women about their relationship with work And what I learned is that a lot of women, a sad number of women are caught in the loop of overachieving, which then leads to unreasonable stress and eventually can lead to, you know, true burnout, like, you know, true burnout. But I think that a lot of us are skating the edge of burnout at all times. So when you say true burnout, what does that look like? What are some symptoms Burnout is, I mean, I think burnout can really be a diagnosis where we, you either go in, have anxiety attacks or have severe adrenal fatigue. You know, I know women who've just like literally ended up having to leave work because of true burnout, like where their health just completely burns out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you're done. And I'm so sorry, but you actually can't do anything anymore. And Mm. I'm sure that could look like so many different things, but it is a thing, which I didn't really realize it was a thing and I've never had it. Mm. So I also will say that, like, I've never been burned out to that degree, but I've had moments of like a week or two here and there where I'm like, oh my God, I literally can't do anything else. And then 
that's how I know I've gone too far. Yeah. So how do you get back after like a period like that? Well, certainly if it's severe and you have severe adrenal fatigue or something like that, you know, there's a whole protocol and there's rest and supplements and I'm sure proper foods and, Mm -hmm. you know, whole thing. Um, Since that's not my expertise, I won't explain it. But (laughs) (laughs) but for most for most of us, it's really as simple as resting until we're not tired anymore. Groundbreaking. You heard her here first, folks. This just in. <laughs> Rest when you're tired. Oh my God. But honestly, like, oh, but how? I mean, that I guess is the question. Like if you're juggling a job and kids yeah. and yourself and the mental chatter, as you put it, plus like the actual to-dos, like rest seems impossible. And mm-hmm. like, what then when somebody's hearing you and they're like, I can't rest, like how, what and do you, you do? You are the person who needs to rest the most. So <laughs> I will say, I really recommend actually, actually taking inventory of what's on your plate mm-hmm. and really going through and with each item, asking yourself, do I really need to be doing this? Mm-hmm. Because I promise you, you do not need to be doing all of the things you're doing. And if you truly want to be vibrant and productive and healthy and joyful, you cannot do all the things. And Mm -hmm. so that does mean deciding, what am I going to let go of? And for women who are stressed out and feel like nothing's working, Oftentimes we think, well, it's because I need to add in a spin class or maybe I need (laughs) to add in, you know, life coaching or I need to add in a cleanse or, (laughs) you know, add more girlfriend time or date nights or whatever. Mm -hmm. And most times, nine times out of 10, it's because if we need to start by taking things away. Mm -hmm. And so rest could be, it could be three minutes of lying on the floor. Like it doesn't have to be revolutionizing your whole life. Or like a spa week. No, I can't go to the spa for a week. I have an 18-month-old and a four-year-old. That's not happening. But can I, if I'm tired and I'm with the girls by myself on a weekend and my husband's away, can I just lie on the floor and let them crawl all over me Mm -hmm. (laughs) instead of cleaning up the kitchen? Yes, I can do that. And that that feels better. It does. It feels better because I'm actually, to whatever degree possible, I'm actually giving my body what it's asking for. Yeah. And it's really just about listening to your, actually hearing your body and, and honoring it. Yes. And it, it, this requires time. Like this is not going to be, you know, the whole thing of, well, we'll listen to your body. Well, if you've not been in a practice of listening to your body your whole life, that's not going to mean a lot because we've been in a practice of listening to all the external factors yes. telling us what we should be doing or who we should be, what we should look like. And so listening to yourself and tuning into that inner voice, that inner knowing, that's like a lifelong experience. Totally. Yeah. And so it just starts by, you can start really simply like standing in front of the refrigerator and asking your body what, you know, like, what do I want to eat right now? Or if somebody, you know, if you're going out with girlfriends and somebody says like, where do you want to eat? I've gotten into the practice just to strengthen my ability to ask for what I need. I'll be the one to be like, I really feel like Italian food. You know, instead of the going around the circle, I don't care, whatever you want. (laughs) I don't know. Doesn't matter to me. I'll eat anything. It's we have to stop doing that because that is dumbing down our desires and our needs. And we're pretending like we don't have needs. And then we wonder why we're so exhausted and miserable. 
That's a really good point. I have a group of friends that we go out every month and I love the girl who's like immediately like, here, let's go here, here. No. Yes. And then someone's like, no, that doesn't work. And someone's like, whoa, what about this? And I'm like, yes, people are expressing opinions. That's beautiful. Yes. I mean, you don't have to be the one who strong arms, right? We, we probably all have that girlfriend who's like, always, you know, moving her agenda through. So you don't have to be that person, <laughs> but you can still speak up and be like, I really feel like tacos or whatever. And I, <laughs> these are silly examples, but they really, the more you do things like that, the more you will hear a louder voice about whether or not you should stay in your marriage or which school you should send your child to, or whether or not you should cut out gluten to help <laughs> with your autoimmune disease. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's bigger things that come from saying yes to the smaller things. That's awesome. That's really, really, really helpful because I think a lot of people are trying to listen to themselves and their gut for the big things. And, you know, maybe they're not used to doing it for the little things, and, right. but then a big thing comes and they're like, gut, are you there? It's me. And they're like, I don't know. I don't know if you're there. But if you, like, I love what you're saying. If you practice the little, like standing in front of the fridge or like, you know, any food, I guess food is a great place to start with listening to your body. I think it can be, except for the fact, and you would probably have more to say about this than I do, (laughs) but (laughs) except for the fact that when we have eaten so many foods that are toxic for us, they can really screw with the inner guidance around what our body actually wants, right? So it can feel like what I really want is Oreos, but like my body doesn't really want Oreos. I'm just stuck in an addictive loop. Yes. Right. Or cheese, right. I know cheese can be really addictive for some people. So I think that it really works best to ask your body what it really wants. I got into relationship with that in a very powerful way during pregnancy because it was so obvious my body was just like, I want this and literally nothing else will do. And I'd never Mm -hmm. had that experience before. So now after having two kids, I try to listen in for that as much as possible. And it works best when I've been taking really great care of my body. Mm -hmm. I know that I can't really listen to what my body wants after I've been like on a sugar bender for four days. That's really helpful. That's so true. Clean it up for a few days first. No, you're so right. Yeah, because when we're putting all that crap in it, our body's like, there's, yes, it just wants more of the crap. Yeah. Or it like doesn't know what it wants. Or like if you're feeling yucky, then like the last thing you might want is like sauteed kale or something. But like, really, that's what your body wants. I don't know. Yeah, you're absolutely It's complicated. Right. Yes. I think it's complicated when it comes to food. We can agree. But <laughs> yes, <laughs> but you might just like, you know, you can practice asking um, where you feel like going or what kind of movement or just like really listening to after you hang out with somebody just on the way home, just being like, do I feel energized or do I feel drained? Mm. That's listening to your body. That's great. That's a good one. That's a really good one. And I mean, you go as far as to listen to your body in terms of using it as a time management system. That's something you talk about, you know, maximizing your cycle or or working with the lunar cycle. Like talk to me about that because that is incredibly fascinating. So after I had my first daughter and my period came back, for the first time, it felt like I was interested in my period, which was interesting. I was 33, (laughs) suddenly fascinated by periods. And then also, it felt like my body was mine again, whereas it had been this vessel to Mm -hmm. create a human life and then feed her. And then at 13 months postpartum, my period came back and I was still nursing, but, um, but like not nearly as much, obviously. And so 
felt like this return to myself that was very cool. And I started learning about the phases of the menstrual cycle. And I started tracking my own experience of my energy cyclically throughout the month. And I learned so much about how our hormones affect our brain and our energy. And I thought, well, why wouldn't I do the things that I require the most energy for during the most energetic phases of my cycle? And why wouldn't I rest and go into introspection during the lower energy, more intuitive time of my cycle? Like it just makes sense to do the thing that my body is primed to do at the right time. (laughs) And what I've noticed is that I get a lot more done than I would when trying to be the exact same as I was yesterday, which women cycle on a 28-day-ish cycle, men cycle on a 24-hour cycle. Yeah. When I heard you, I think on James Wedmore's podcast, which was hilarious because he was so uncomfortable (laughs) and I was like (laughs) squeaming for him or like because of him. I don't know. (laughs) Right. It was kind of hilarious. I think I heard you say that and I got off listening and went right to my husband and was like, you would not believe this. Male cycle is 24 hours and our whole society is set up to accommodate your cycle. But our cycle is 28 days. What the hell is that about? And I was like revved up and And Mm -hmm. I found that to be the most interesting thing I've heard in a very, very, very long time. And that's like scientifically proven. That's like a data proven thing, right? No, that's just our hormones. I mean, that's not woo. It's so funny. (laughs) I was on this podcast. This is a non sequitur, but I was on this podcast giving the data about our bodies and our hormones and how to organize it all. And uh, they titled the podcast A Whole Bunch of Woo. And I was like, wow, isn't this amazing? that when we begin to talk about women's hormonal health and our experience of time, suddenly it's put in the woo category. Oh my God. When it's totally based on science. I was just like, okay, thank you, you people. Anyway, um, I was really grateful to be on the episode. However, I will say that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they're not listening. I don't know who this is. You never know. I was really grateful just for that. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. <laughs> no, that's that. Well, what do you think that's about? I mean, I just think that is about our culture yeah. assuming that anything that has to do with the feminine is not as valuable. Mm-hmm. And that is why our whole world is set up around the 24 hour solar time cycle, which, by the way, makes total sense. I mean, the, the sun rises every day and it sets and then it rises the next day. So I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely you know, organize my time according to that as well. (laughs) But we just need a little more of the lunar, yeah, which is also the same as the menstrual cycle. Not that your menstrual cycle is always going to line up with the moon, but the moon has four phases in a 29 and a half day cycle. And your menstrual cycle has those same four phases in the amount of time that you cycle in. So it's all interconnected. And so if we can just as women learn about ourselves cyclically and just say like, oh, wow, this week I am feeling lower energy and more inward. What are the benefits of that? How can I schedule accordingly? How can I honor that? And then, oh, wow, this week I'm feeling super outward and like high energy and really into connecting with people. Okay. How can I take advantage of that and schedule for it and support it? Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, myself, I can only speak for myself. I've been doing that forever, but not knowing. I mean, I've been doing that in that like one week. I'm like, wow, this is weird. I don't want to leave my house. And other weeks I'm like, oh, wow. I just booked like seven things every night of the week. And I've never really connected that to 
the lunar cycle or the menstrual cycle. Like that's never happened before I heard you talk about it. Well, this is going to open up such an amazing world for you. I (laughs) talked to one woman who started tracking her cycle and following this and she swears she 10X'd her productivity because she was able to plan for it ahead of time as opposed to living by default. So she was living proactively around it as opposed to reactively. And yes, it's Mm. better to live you know, to be like, oh, wow, I'm really tired today. Well, maybe I'm going to rest. That's great. But what if you knew ahead of time, you were probably going to be tired that week. So you wouldn't overschedule yourself because if you overschedule yourself when you're feeling low, you are depleting your very limited resources. So you start out the next week depleted Mm -hmm. already, even if it's a higher energy week, which usually it is the follicular phases the week after your period. Usually it's the springtime of our cycle. It, it tends to be a high energy time. But if you've totally overdone it during the menstrual phase, you have less energy going into the follicular phase. So you're already starting out below empty, if that makes sense. No, that makes so much sense. So then like when you do have your energy burst, you've already kind of taken some of that energy as a exactly. bonus energy for the week prior. And now you have less energy. Yes. And that's what happens when we push up against our actual experience. So The whole 24-hour versus 28-day cyclical dance is that women have been trying to fit into the 24-hour schedule and be the exact same as we were yesterday and ideally more productive and ideally more focused Uh and ideally, you know, more high performance. And the problem with that is our bodies literally don't function that way. It doesn't mean (laughs) our bodies function in a less than way. It just means they're different. And so actually honoring the ebbs and flows and knowing that like, yeah, we are going to feel like we want to take over the world half of the month and the other (laughs) half of the month, we're actually not going to feel like that. But the time we don't feel like that is just as valuable and just as productive, just in a different way. And when we get reorganized around that, we save so much time and more importantly, energy from the time and energy we were spending beating ourselves up before and trying to be different. When we embrace how we actually are, we get to align and go with the flow as opposed to against the flow. And there's so much less friction. Oh my God. A, love the flow, innuendo, pun thing going on there. (laughs) And B, that's just awesome. I mean, yeah, when you were talking, I was like, well, it's not even about just about energy for me. It's that when I am in that low period or, you know, um, like quiet, low energy, I'm beating myself up about, wait, why aren't you always energetic? I thought you're, that's who you are. Like, what's wrong with you? Are you bipolar? Like, why are you so different? And that's for me been the biggest thing is that I'm just beating myself up and like, get there, girl, like turn it on. And then sometimes you just can't. Yeah. And here's what's also underneath what you're saying the assumption that being outward and on is better. Mm -hmm. That's our obsession with over the over importance of masculine energy. I'm just going to let that sit there for a second. Keep going. I'm just just nodding. (laughs) And we have completely as a culture disregarded the value of more yin energy, which is a receptive which is very powerful in its own way. So it's not that one is better than the other. It's that we just live in a culture that only celebrates half of the lived experience of being a female. Wow. And a male, by the way, because the you know feminine energy is also disregarded in men. And so even the belief that we should be more energized and more on and like get, you know, turn it on mm-hmm. is playing into 
and bowing down at the altar of masculine energy is better no matter what. Yeah. At like all costs. At all. But as I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, so what would, like, what do you do literally when you're in that yin energy? Like, I'm just trying to like, how, like, what does that look like? You just like, <laughs> I like can't even think about it. Like, I'm just so used to always, I guess, trying to be on, or I'm just naturally a more energetic person. But then, you know, in that yin period, I just feel like such a, like a schmuck. I'm just sitting here, like I can't get it going, but <laughs> What, how do I reframe that to like, okay, these are the types of tasks or this is what my life could look like in that period. So like, it's, this is actually a beautiful epic period that I love. Exactly. Okay. I love this question. So what I love about the lower energy time, so there's two phases of our cycle, or by the way, if you're not having a cycle, if you're past menopause or you've had a hysterectomy or I'm on birth control. Okay. When you're on hormonal birth control, you're not actually having an ovulation and a period the way you think you are. Yeah, I know. I know that. And I, you know, this you is know. my, every time I admit this on the podcast, I'm, it's like me telling someone I smoke a pack a day. It's like my biggest oh my shame. I'm like, so ashamed. Listen, <laughs> if it works for you, I think that's great. I just think it's important for women to know that there are pros and cons. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, if you are on hormonal birth control, then absolutely follow the lunar cycle because the lunar cycle will give you this same cyclical experience. It's just a little more subtle, Um, but that's great. So for if you're having your period, like a natural period without hormones, then this would be during the menstrual phase and the luteal phase are a more inward time. If you're tracking more with the moon, this is during the waning moon up until the, the new moon and a few days after the new moon. So it's as the moon is going from full to dark. It's cool. this inward experience. And so this is the time or PS, if you just notice you're feeling low energy, it doesn't have <laughs> to have anything to do with your cycle or the moon. You could just feel low energy because that happens too. So the thing to do if you're having your period is that is the time when your brain is going to be the most interconnected, meaning you'll be the most intuitive. You actually have the greatest access to your inner wisdom at that time. So it's a a really good time to think into or feel into what do you most want to create next or what needs to change in your life right now. Like, what's the guidance that you're getting from inside? You'll be able to hear it the loudest at that time. The Mm -hmm. reason our energy sometimes isn't super outward is because our insides are trying to get our attention. Oh, that's a quotable. That is a tweetable. That is, that is a good one. That's beautiful. That's good. I put that t-shirt. I just hung it up with it right here. (laughs) Never said that before. Really? That was epic. (laughs) So... So that's really important to know that when our energy is going inward, go inward. There's something important there. And it's really valuable because think about if you make a really awesome decision, how much time it will save you, how productive that is when you really, Mm -hmm. you know, those decisions, you just make the decision. You're like, that is spot on. I feel so a hundred percent clear. I'm a total hell yes or Mm -hmm. a total hell no. Like I just know. Mm -hmm. Imagine if you felt like that all the time about Mm. your decisions. So I read a really interesting study that women spend seven hours and 36 minutes every week making decisions, deliberating. Oh my God. Can you imagine what we could do with that time? Seven hours a week. 
Mm-hmm. Just making it so like, oh, what lipstick to wear? What perfume? What? Where should what I put I this packing? shirt? Yeah. yeah. What am I going to wear to this What's holiday for lunch? party? <laughs> what do I write to this email? Uh-huh. Should I, should write I say yes to yeah. this thing? Should I, you know, what am I making for dinner? Should I pick up All this phone call? Stuff, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good use of our time. No. And if we would just practice, and this huh. is, of course, circling back to where we started, if we would just practice tuning in, to what's inside of us, we become way more efficient because it will save us like seven hours and 36 minutes a week on deliberation. To make our biggest decisions in this period is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. in this period. But then also I will say just like... In general. In general. Just <laughs> in general, getting better about listening mm-hmm, to ourselves. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. we do that, everything in life just works better. <laughs> Easy. Done. It is. It's so much. It's very do less. Yeah. When you when you really tune into your intuition, it's very do less because your insides always know. It's just that we are so programmed to only listen to the outsides. Yeah. This episode is enthusiastically sponsored by a product that couldn't possibly float my boat more. Four Sigmatic. My boat is so floated by Four Sigmatic's mushroom drinks that any more floating would turn my boat into an airplane because it's flying. Okay, so the first time I tried a packet of Four Sigmatic mushroom tea and a glass of hot water, I was more skeptical because of this whole mushroom thing being really trendy right now, and I'm always reluctant to hop on trend trains. Wow, we're really covering all the modes of transportation here. But I drank those shrooms, and I felt truly awesome. It's hard to explain. I just felt way more awesome than I felt before I drank it. Since then, I consistently consume at least one type of shrooms a day, and it helps me know it's going to be bright, 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 sunshiny day, even when it's rainy and gray, because I am telling you these mushrooms are magic. Although they don't make me hallucinate in a bathtub like my ex-boyfriend's famous magic mushroom experience, which in hindsight, he seemed way too proud of. But nobody's hallucinating the magical effects of these shrooms, okay? They are ultra-scientifically proven to boost immunity and gut health. Yes, please, and thank you. And the four different shrooms that Four Sigmatic uses most, hence the four in Four Sigmatic, wink, wink, they all do different epic things for your body. Reishi helps you relax. Cordyceps give you a non-caffeinated energy for sports and stuff. Lion's mane, which does not come from a lion's mane, boosts your brain. And chaga is a mega charge for your immune system. I weave all four of those separate mushrooms into my life by way of the teas. That's what I'm talking about here, people, are mushroom teas that you dissolve in a packet of hot water and haya. But I also fancy myself some of their fancier shroom concoctions. They have this relaxing, thanks to the reishi hot cocoa that I pretty much make every night with almond milk. They have matcha powder, which is the only matcha I now use. They have these magic mushroom chai latte packets that you can add to water or almond milk for a hot or iced sweetest sippable treat. And I have to say, even though I don't drink coffee, Four Sigmatic is kind of famous for their multiple kinds of organic, much better for you coffee, even mocha mixes. So you can mocha chocolate. Okay, enough from me. I'm sorry. I just finished a mushroom matcha latte and I'm flying high. But because you listen to this podcast, 
Thanks so much for doing that, by the way. You can save 15% off any and all Four Sigmatic shroomy stuff you'll want to buy off of their site, foursigmatic.com, using code PARTYINMYPLANTS. Or you can just go to foursigmatic, F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com slash PARTYINMYPLANTS to automatically save that 15%, baby. Oh, by the way, did I mention that I don't even really like eating mushrooms? Yeah, but now, thanks to Four Sigmatic, my body doesn't need to have shroom FOMO. Okay, again, hit up foursigmatic.com slash plants to save 15% on this mega boat floating stuff that I always find stuffed into my pockets, purses, luggage, or my bra because I just can't get enough. So do you, when you structure your month, is that how you operate? You like look at your month in advance and kind of say, I do. okay, so then if you're, how does that work? So like the weeks that the two weeks that you're going to be like in your yin energy, what does that look like in contrast to your yang energy or yang? Well, I will tell you, given that I work, you know, with other companies sometimes, and I have two small kids and like, we have our deadlines. I, this is not a perfect science, but here's what I do. <laughs> yeah. And I'm always wanting to perfect it, but it's no. not. So like, for example, this month, I thought my period was going to come last week for whatever reason it came four days late. I'm not pregnant um, <laughs> because it did come. <laughs> you heard it here so, first, folks. <laughs> I had a couple days where I was oh, like, no. okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny. But anyway, so I had, you know, I had cleared more of my schedule last week to know that I was going to be in that yin energy. Well, it came late. So here I am, you know, and that's fine. It just is what it is. But in the in-betweens, like today, I had a bunch of podcast interviews. This is not typically what I would do while I'm mm. in more my more yin energy. But here I am. And in the in-between, I'm just not forcing myself to get everything else done. I'm just like more leisurely making my lunch or lying down on the floor you know, and just being more chill. You really love the floor lie down. I do because it's a common theme. Is this a carpet, a rug, or just the the wooden floor? (laughs) Okay. Like I'll just do like literally like a two minute Shavasana. That's awesome. That's, I mean, no one talks about that, but that's awesome. (laughs) I mean, I did not invent it. I invented lying down on the floor. (laughs) You made it like socially acceptable. I am somebody, I'm obsessed with efficiency. And if somebody's mm. like, oh, you know, set up this restorative yoga pose and the bolster and the whole, <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going to do it. It already sounds too complicated. <laughs> but nobody can tell me that they don't have time to lie on the floor for two minutes. Yeah. And it's remarkably restorative. Mm-hmm. It's very grounding. I mean, when it's I'm like grounding. losing it, that's where I go to the floor. I love that. Yeah. I mean, or it could be child's pose. I mean, whatever you want to do. That's great. Um, so then, but I do have mapped out um, a month in advance, like my menstrual week, my follicular week, my luteal week, my ovulation week. So, well, I did those in the wrong order. Luteal comes after ovulation. So then I'll just know as I'm looking out ahead to the degree that I can, and we're talking five to 10% of my activities because I just don't think we can obsess about this, but like, so that I can add a flavor of more yin energy to my week or a flavor or of more yang energy. And by the way, I don't think we need to do much work around adding a flavor of yang energy to our week. Yeah. Like we're already doing that. So I put far more attention on during my luteal phase, during my follicular phase, what can I take off my plate? Mm. Um, and what could wait until later? It's very simple. Just like, what could I take off my plate? What could I ask for help on? And, you know, like yesterday, I needed something at the grocery store. 
And in a higher energy week, I would have gone to the grocery store and picked up the girls at daycare. And Mm -hmm. instead, I said to my husband, can you go get this thing at the grocery store? I will get the girls because I knew I really only had one thing in me. That's awesome. I mean, it's just such, it's like the ultimate self-care, self-love. It's like, yeah. it's, and that's also giving yourself permission to feel how you're actually feeling. I think that's my biggest takeaway thus far from this convo is that like, instead of forcing it, or, or beating yourself up. Why can't you go? Why do you not feel like going to the grocery store? How hard is it to go to the grocery store? It's like, we actually look at the moon. That's why yeah. it's like an yeah. amazing, not even a scapegoat. It's just permission to feel how you actually feel. To feel how you actually feel. And also like that way of feeling is not less than. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really big element here that yeah. it's not, I'm feeling low energy, therefore, I'm less valuable or this time is less valuable. It's actually time really well invested. Rest is an incredibly great investment and rest is incredibly productive. Yeah. I mean, sleep is literally one of the most productive things we can be doing. I know. It's so true. Are there other cultures that actually behave this way or think this way? Are there any cultures that like love rest and promote it and don't, you know, celebrate the hustle? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, in the U.S. we're like the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Not entirely. Japan is actually, they have an entire disease called Kuroshi, which means death by overwork. Oh, my God. Yeah. So we're not we're not the worst. Scandinavia is pretty progressive. Um, They are more headed, you know, they have more and more companies headed towards like a 30 hour work week or a four day work week just because the data shows us that it's just as if not more productive um, to work Hmm. less. So certainly they've got that, um, you know, if you go to Italy in certain places, they actually do take like the afternoon break for a couple of hours, like the long lunches. And then there's the whole siesta that happens in certain countries. Mm -hmm. I think that more and more in cities, um, you know, in urban centers, that's really not the case, um, that it's more just like, we're just going for it here. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. But I do think that other cultures probably look at the U.S. and are like, why are you so obsessed with doing things all the time? Yeah. Do you feel that it's possible to, I mean, I don't want to say like adopt this lifestyle, but do you feel that that's an appropriate thing to say, adopt this lifestyle? Like, I do think it's a lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a lifestyle choice, like being vegan. Mm, (laughs) There you go. Having the, it, it is a hmm. do less lifestyle. Like I have adopted this do less lifestyle. Does it mean hmm. we're going to be perfect about it all the time? No. no, not at all. Like I slip into overdoing all the freaking time, but I catch myself. Mm-hmm. So instead of like three months into a project where I realize I shouldn't be doing that, I catch myself an hour into the project or three minutes into nice. my of the project nice. in my company. Oh God. So yeah. I, I just think it's all about like, asking and then also putting that filter on. Is there a way, this is what I call the do less filter. Is there a way to get the desired result through fewer steps or a more simple way? But how does one find that if like, I feel, I guess the question, I guess you just have to ask yourself. Cause I feel like, yeah, obviously I'm trying to do it in as few steps as possible. But like, I guess maybe if I really challenge myself to re-examine then you know, with the filter, then I can pull things off the to-do list? Yeah. Like, I'll give you an example. Okay. So about a year ago, we were looking at some social media analytics in our company. And we had this whole beautifully organized standard operating procedure for making uh, beautifully branded social media graphics for various promotions and things. 
what we know, and it took a lot of steps. So I would write the copy, then our designer would find the, you know, the picture of me, if it was a picture of me, and then, and then he would design it. And then I would approve it or go back to get changes. And then it got posted and it was like, and then I would write the captions. It was like a lot of steps. Wow. And then what we noticed is those posts did far worse than random organic posts that I just put up in three seconds in the moment. Yeah. And those were free and took me Mm. two seconds. So that was an example of like the desired result was engagement. Mm -hmm. And we had this whole process. It looked really good. They looked really professional, super beautiful, but they didn't work. So who cares how it looks? That's interesting. That's cool. That's a really tangible example. Thanks for that. You know, you mentioned just a second ago that this is, you could look at it like it's a diet, like it's a vegan diet, it's a lifestyle. And vegans are notorious for being like, hi, I'm Talia, I'm a vegan. You know, like that's, (laughs) I'm not vegan anymore, but that was me when I was vegan. So do you suggest that people like do the same thing? Like, hi, I'm Talia, I do less. (laughs) Like, how do you, I'm, I'm being silly, but like actually how do you adopt this lifestyle? in a family or a company or a, you know, a society that's like, do more. And you're like, no, I want to do less. Well, when we do less in a strategic way, we do get better results. Mm -hmm. So the good news is the results kind of speak for themselves. So I recently read an article. I didn't realize this was a thing. There's something called the results only work environment. And the acronym is ROW. So this is apparently a philosophy. Like this is a thing. Our company has operated like this from day one because I wasn't aware there was another way to do it. (laughs) (laughs) But now you're going to add that we are row. We are a row company. So basically like, I don't care how much our employees work, where they work or when they work. I just want them to get the results. Mm -hmm. And so if we operate like that within our companies, within our families, if we're accountable for the things we're responsible for and we're getting them done, who cares how much we're doing? I am so with you on that. Yes. This could be a whole other episode, a whole other conversation, is then we have to really look at our relationship to being in action and our relationship to being busy and how much we have intertwined our concept of self-worth with how busy we are. Because if we are all looped up in, I'm more valuable the more I do, then we won't allow ourselves to do less, even if we're getting the same results. Because a lot of our busyness is not connected to results. It's connected to an addiction to being busy. Yeah, that was a question I had for you. How do we, how do we heal that? Mm. <laughs> how do we stop to, you know, associating our self-worth and our confidence and our, you know, how great we are with how busy we are? You know, like, yeah, how do we do that? Please, thank Yeah, you. well, first we just lie <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> Yeah, perfect. Um, I really think that it starts with awareness. Mm -hmm. So for example, if I am in my house alone, which pretty much never happens, but let's (laughs) pretend it did. (laughs) And like, I will want to maybe call somebody or scroll on my phone or, you know, like be in the busyness versus what if I just sat for a couple of minutes and actually just sat? what would happen then? And a lot of us don't take those moments of slowing down because the truth is we're avoiding, there's something we're avoiding feeling or dealing with and it's just easier to be busy. 
Mm-hmm. And if we slow down, then we have to feel things we don't want to feel. Like we might have uncomfortable, you know, emotions or or things come up. There might be conversations we have to have with our loved ones that it would just be easier not to if we just all stayed busy. So it is a numbing behavior, busyness, and we can heal it by just gradually. It could be a meditation practice. It could be a yoga practice. Um, it could be just deciding. I had a coach once that she gave me the assignment. I needed to sit in a room not meditating, not doing anything, but just like sit in a room for an hour a week. Wow. Doing what an hour? Oh, a week, but still an hour. That's like standing in like the grocery store line without looking at your phone. Like oh, I okay. try to do no. that. And I just feel and like the- that is exactly <laughs> I feel like it. everyone's staring at me. Like, why does she not have her phone? Or worse is when I'm out to dinner with my husband and he leaves to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not taking out my phone. Exactly. And then I just sit there and I'm like, what do I look at? What do I do? What do I think about? What can I think about right now? Is there like a to-do list I can go over in my head? Do people think I'm weird because I'm just staring? Like it's this whole thing now. Yeah. But you're just, you just described the most beautiful way to practice. <gasps> in the moments when you would pull out your phone or go do something, what would happen if you just didn't do something for three minutes? Yeah. And what happens is we have to be with ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's weird. And that can be really painful, <laughs> yeah. but also really awesome because ultimately the only person we're going to be with our whole lives is ourselves anyway. So we might as well get to know her and yeah, love her and be true. comfortable being with her. Yeah. Every time he comes back after I've just stared at like the wall, I feel so great. I'm like, hey, how yeah. are you? Yeah. It's and then you don't have to like come up from your phone and get back into sync with him. Like you can just be like, hey, I'm here. I was present the whole time and I'm still present. It's true. It's true. So do you feel like saying I'm too busy is a cop out? Do you think that that's like, wh- what do you feel about that? I'm too busy. So I think that people can say whatever they want. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will say I'm changing the subtitle of my book to remove the word busy because I don't like that word. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like we use the word busy, like I'm too busy as I am somehow the victim of my schedule Mm. versus my life is really full right now feels a little bit more of an empowered thing to say, or even I have a lot on my plate. Like I'll say no to things because I say I, I have too many other things on my plate or I have other priorities. I just think we have to be honest with ourselves. And so Mm. whatever is the most honest thing you can say is the best thing to say. So I think I'm too busy just often feels like we're under this avalanche of to-dos that we have no control over. And that's just not true. We all have control over our time and we all have control over to some degree what we're doing with it. And so we just have to start making better choices and just be a little more conscious about what we're choosing to invest our time in. And are those investments paying off? Are, Are they getting us results? What's the return on that investment of time versus spending our time, which is just really like, I'm just spending it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like for you, uh, we scheduled this podcast at least like two months ago. I reached out and was like, Hey, will you come on? And your assistant was like, yeah, she'll come on. And she's booking in November. And I swear this was in August. I'm pretty sure. Or like a long time ago. And I was really in awe of, I was like, no one operates that way. Everyone's like, sure, I can do next week or like, bah. And I'm curious, do you feel like empowered by, I mean, you must by having such control over your time like that. Like clearly you really cherish your time. And that's what I thought. I was like, wow, she's like, and that's why when we got on the call today, I was like, how much time do you have? I know your time is so precious. And I guess this goes back to my like vegan identity question. (laughs) You've made this your identity. And so people around you respect it. 
You know, I've never really thought about that much, but that's true. When we begin to respect our time, people respect our time. Yeah. Yeah. If you want other people to respect your time, you better do that. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt with you more than anyone. I was like, okay, like, don't be late. Not that I'm like always late, but like, you know, let's do this. Like, like, let's be very efficient, you know, get those questions in. And because you respect your time, I want to as well. Well, I love that. And I think that what comes of that is a more valuable, beautiful product, right? So when we show up, both of us at that level of we are investing our time, then I know your listeners will also get a benefit from that investment of time because we are calling ourselves to a higher level of presence in our time together because we've consciously made that time. Like we could all say yes or no to an infinite number of things. So the things you say yes to, you better want to do them. Yeah. And you better show up. And so I will say like, it's a continued dance, how I batch my time and how I organize my time with the book launch podcasts have been one in particular dance around Mm -hmm. like how many, when, you know, and, and just the data shows about, um, switching, like, when our brains are constantly switching contexts, we don't get anything really done because it takes us so long to get refocused. So I do batch podcasts. Like I'll know, okay, this is a podcast day where I'm not really doing anything else other than interviews. And then I'm really in the flow and you're my third interview of the day. And so I feel really warmed up and like really like, okay, like here we are, we're in it, we're doing this. Um, And so that really is also a joyful experience because I'm not also like, okay, I have this podcast. And then I'm also trying to write a blog post. And then Mm -hmm. I'm also trying to like do this other thing. So that works really well for me. Um, And I know not everyone has control over their schedules that way. But even if you do work in an office, think about the type of tasks you do. And are there ways to, to batch them or chunk them in terms of like, okay, in the morning, I'll do these kind. And in the afternoon, I'll do these kind. Like, I know for me, I do content creation in the morning and then I won't schedule any meetings before 11 a.m. because I know that my best focused creation time is like eight to noon and I don't want that to be eaten up by like logistical meetings. Yeah, I'm with you on that. You know, is is all this just for ladies? Is this like, do the dudes have anything to do with the lunar flow? Like, is this all just for ladies? I don't think so at all. I mean, listen, we're all on a spectrum of masculine, feminine Mm -hmm. energy, right? And so I think if a guy wants to tap more into the yin power, then he should absolutely tune into the moon. I I gave a talk about this one time in LA and the the audio guy came up to me afterwards and he was like, dude, (laughs) this is so amazing. And he was like, so what you're saying is like being a woman is a superpower. And I was like, I am saying that. (laughs) And and he was like, but what about the dudes? And I was like, you, we all have the moon. And if you want to ramp up this superpower in you, check it out. Like just just follow along. See what will happen if you do more introspective inward things during the dark of the moon. And if you do more like outward connecting things during the full moon, just see what would, mm-hmm. what happens. And I think for some men that might be really valuable for some, they just might be like, I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> but that's fine. I don't, I don't care. I did just give a talk at um, James Wedmore's um, event actually, which was 
probably slightly more women than men, but, but a lot of men. And I had a ton of men come up to me afterwards and they were like, wow, that was so helpful. And one guy actually gave a presentation about how he launches in accordance with the lunar cycles. Ooh. And he's like this big internet marketer from Australia. Like, wow. Look at you. It was so cool. That's really cool. So how would somebody get started? Like, how do I get started with the moon? Do I just get like a calendar? Yeah. So I would get a lunar calendar. I also, um, I am coming out with the do less planner, which is going to come with the lunar phases for the year. Oh, cool. Um, but you can also Google them <laughs> for <Nice>. free. <laughs> I have them in my Google calendar. So you can actually download the phases of the moon onto your Google calendar. And that has been really helpful for me to just sort of like stay on it. There are different, you know, lunar tracking apps, of course. I don't have any one in particular that I love. Um, and if you want to know more about the moon, I do recommend um, following my friend Jennifer Rassiopi. She's awesome. And she is an astrologer who focuses on what she calls lunar logic. And she does our cosmic weather reports every month in my um, membership origin. Yeah. Is that open or is that only open certain times? It's only open certain times, and I don't know when this podcast is coming out, so I can't say. But if you go to origincollective.com, you can always get on the wait list if it's not open. That's cool. And people learn about this is what you talk about, right? Like this type of stuff. Yes. This so is a little it teaser. is specifically for female entrepreneurs who want to grow their business while doing less. And we practice the do less methodology and the do less lifestyle. Who does not want to grow their business with <laughs> with doing less. Like, who's like, nah, thanks. I'd like to do more, please. <laughs> well, I think that it's a belief thing, right? Mm. So it's like, yeah, of course I want that. But I think the thing holding us back, holding women back is, but that's not possible. Yeah. No, it's honestly the same with healthy eating. It's like a oh, lot totally. of my work is convincing people like, listen, you will feel better when you clean up your diet. And a lot of people don't yeah. know how much better they could feel. You got right. Yeah. It's exactly what you're talking about. I mean, even me, I'm like, really, could I do less and still kill it? I should join Origin. Maybe I will. <laughs> I would love to have you. And listen, I just want you to know, like I'm taming those beliefs every day too. Like, mm -hmm. this is what I do. And I have so much proof from my own life and from our thousands of students. But we are all so brainwashed yeah. to think that the only way to get the results we want is through hard work and more work. And so it is a lifetime of relearning a new way. Yeah. Oh, are you going to raise your daughters to believe this from the get go? I mean, what kind of stupid question is that? Obviously, you are. <laughs> I am mostly by modeling it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, mostly by modeling it. You know, I was raised in a household that modeled something totally different. And so that's part of what I'm still rewiring myself around. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that, um, you know, I want my girls to know that like they're just as worthy if they lie on the floor mm -hmm. as if they clean up the kitchen. I <laughs> Although, feel like course, for all the times they're seeing you lying on the floor, they will adopt that. <laughs> They will. Although, you know, I also want to raise them to be contributing members of our family and of society. So it's a dance. <laughs> they're going to like when they're like 20 or 30, they're like, oh, my mom would always lie on the yeah. floor. And, and then they won't judge themselves <laughs> yeah. for taking a nap. That's amazing. <laughs> Do you take naps? Are you a napper? Do you recommend that for energy management? You know, some people are awesome nappers, like they'll lie down for 20 minutes and just like pop right up. I am the sort of napper where if I take a nap, I'm out for like three hours and I wake up kind of confused. Oh, <laughs> so that's more than a I, nap. Yeah, I will take a nap if I'm really 
sick or if I'm super tired recovering from jet lag or something. But instead, what I love to do is yoga nidra, which is yogic napping. It's basically yogic sleep. So you kind of go into this altered state and it they say it gives you the same rest, restorative properties as three hours of sleep. Whoa. In 20 minutes. I've never heard of that. I Check it out. Yeah, for it's sure. It's very do less. Do yes. less rest. Do less. <laughs> very do less. I love that. Okay. Let me ask you my final planty questions and then I will let you go do less. Okay. First, what is your favorite planty restaurant? Oh, um, I mean, I Cafe Gratitude. Oh, in California. Just, yeah, in California. I mean, I don't think it gets better than like them coming over and being like, you are beautiful. <laughs> yeah. You are effervescent. Yes. That's so <laughs> fun. All restaurants should do that. So much. Are there any good spots in Maine? You live in Maine, right? There are. Yeah, we have a really great place. Um, So I don't, this is a totally separate, but I was raised macrobiotic vegan. So I'm like down with the plants hardcore. Great. <laughs> um, and are you still I, yeah, very planty? I'm still very planty. I'm not vegan, but I'm That's very fine. planty. I'm not vegan um, either. We have a beautiful place in Portland called the Green Elephant that I love. That's very planty. That sounds good. Good, Mm -hmm. good, good. Okay. What is your favorite plant to eat? I really love like raw snap peas. Oh, so good. Yeah. Those are great. Yeah. What a wonderful snack. Very underrated. (laughs) (laughs) Like unsung heroes. Yes. Very do less. Very do less. (laughs) Just wash them. Done. That's it. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Okay. I feel like I know the answer to this, but what is your favorite thing that you do for self-care? Sleep. (laughs) Oh, I thought it was lie down on the floor. No, it's not. It's actually, it's like full on. Like like real sleep. Sleep to me is so sacred. Nothing comes before sleep. It just is like, I will not sacrifice my sleep literally for anything. Has that always been your MO or is that? It has. Oh, it has. You're like a sleeper. in that way. Like I was the girl in college who was like going to bed at 10. <laughs> nice. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's fat. You know, and now look what you do. That's so interesting. Yeah. It was like yeah, always within you. And I was like, as a little girl, my mom said I would like start to crawl up the stairs and fall asleep <laughs> on the stairs. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. That's funny. Wow. You were meant to do less. I there you go. Forcing yourself to be someone you weren't. Okay. What is a book besides your own that has inspired you in an awesome way? Mm. Right now I am reading the book. It's not available publicly, but it's, it is on pre-order, which is why I'll mention it. It's called We Are the Luckiest by Laura McCowan. It is a beautiful memoir about getting sober. Oh. And I have not struggled with alcohol in my life, but I think that um, we're all addicts on some level. And mm-hmm. this book I just love it so much. Even addicted to busyness, as we've discussed. Exactly. Yeah, productivity. Okay, before you go, just remind me, what are the four phases of the moon again? Oh, sure. So <laughs> the moon, um, uh, we have the new moon, which is the dark of the moon. That's like the winter time. Okay. The waxing quarter is right after the new moon, and that's um, like the springtime. The full moon is like the summertime, like ovulation. And then the waning quarter is like the fall, like the turning within energy. And it's the same energy as the luteal phase of your menstrual cycle. Got it. Okay. Easy. That sounds really easy. Put in the Google Cal and I'm just going to observe what happens. That's my plan. Yeah. Just (laughs) observe what happens. And then I do over at katenorthup.com, I have um, a, a little guide that you can download for free 
which is the weekly, uh, I think it's called like the do less weekly planner or something, but it gives you like, here's the phase of the menstrual cycle and here's the uh, equivalent lunar phase. So it just, it's like a little cheat sheet. Perfect. Awesome. Well, that leads me to my last question is, which is where can everybody stay connected oh. to you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can do what I just said. Um, I also like Instagram is the place I would hang out the most on social. Um, so at Kate Northrup is another great place to find me other than my website, katenorthrup.com. And your book, Do Less, which you're, I assume, reprinting with the new subtitle. <laughs> I am, yes. For the paperback release in April, it'll be out with the new subtitle, but it's going to be the same book. I nice. mean, I am revising it a little bit. Oh, really? Because, well, I can't help myself. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Oh, it's so beautiful. I love the the cover, like how it like is so oh, minimalist. It's like very calming. Yeah, that's you know? what everyone says. They're like, I just see the cover and I just take a deeper breath. Yes. And like, honestly, if we all just took deeper breaths, if we life would be better. Boom. That's the end. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Party in My Plants podcast. I don't know about you, but this chat was my impetus to start thinking more about me and the moon. I even put up full moon wallpaper in my new office. Does that count for something? I've been going through a challenging time adjusting to my new life post or double move. And I don't know if you can tell by my voice, but I'm a little under the weather. And I keep coming back to Kate saying that rest is an investment. Talia, rest is an investment. Which, if it's true, then I am investing quite a bit these days. I'm going to be able to buy a lot of hotels on Boardwalk and Park Place with all this invested rest. Boom full circle. Did I mention I'm buying Comrade compression socks for my entire family for Hanukkah this year? Don't tell them. And feel free to copy me. The link to get them for 20% less than non-party in my plants podcast listeners, plus a very thorough spark notes of Kate's advice is all waiting for you at partyinmyplants.com slash 170. Later.